Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the podcast. I'm Becca Silver, CEO and founder of The Whole Educator. In this episode, you'll learn about the final level of resistance, which calls for the need for accountability. Gretchen Bridgers and I discuss some unexpected ways of thinking about accountability and vital steps you don't want to miss. Also, stay tuned until the end to find out about our new Whole Educator Foundation's on-demand curriculum. If you purchase before March 21st, you can get a bonus Breaking Through Resistance workshop for free. Details are in the show notes. Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever had a day you wish you could just duplicate yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, with the Sydney platform, you can complete all your coaching cycles, track goals, and connect your teachers with relevant resources all in one place. You can maximize your time and maximize your impact. As a special offer for listeners of Coaching the Whole Educator, Sydney is giving away an opportunity to use a Sydney coaching package for free for the remainder of the school year. Go to sydney.com front slash TWE to learn more and claim your free coaching package to start saving time. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash TWE or click the link in the show notes. Hello, coaches and leaders. I am so excited to have my consulting friend, Gretchen Bridgers, on. We have um, kind of, we've gone to some conferences together, right? We're going to see yes. each other soon at CoachFest. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm excited to have you on the podcast. And before we um, enter in our um, fourth episode in the Resistance series, um, I would love you to share with the listeners who you are and what you do. Okay, sure. So I taught second, third, and fifth grade. Absolutely loved it. Got burnt out in one environment and told myself, I'm not ready to stop teaching, but I've got to continue my journey and learn other skill sets I haven't done in this situation. And so an email came across my desk one day and asked if I wanted to coach new teachers in the district. So K-12, I'm like, oh my God, uh, I'm only an elementary school teacher. I don't know if I could do that. And so I went through a lot of training on Teach Like a Champion techniques Mm -hmm. and learned that I could be the partner who helped them learn how to deliver and plan instruction. But the whole premise is I want to help people Mm -hmm. and I want to help you become stronger, not in the way I did it, although sharing my story helps you see one way of doing it. But I really want to share what are the current best practices? What are the rationales for things we do? What are other things that we aren't thinking about because we're solely focused on XYZ? Now I consult and I provide professional development and it's just been a really good ride. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. Yes, you you provide like really valuable stuff. So I highly recommend those of you listening, go check out Always a Lesson 
right? And that's the yeah. name of your company and the name of the blog, right? And then people that's can right. go to your website and find all the things. And your podcast is also called Always a Lesson, correct? Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Always a Lesson was a cute little fun title because I was trying to think of what am I going to name this blog that I had. And there were so many lessons I was learning while I was also teaching kids lessons. Mm-hmm. So it clicked to me, like there is always a lesson to be learned, whether it's the kids learning or me learning. And as I developed it into website, I'm like, you know what? It might be cheesy and corny, but dang, does, is it not true? And mm-hmm. so I've just kept it all these years. Yes. I love it. And it's really like growth mindset right? Like viewing yes. the world as it's teaching me lessons, right? All right. So I would love to go into what we're here to talk about, which is resistance and, you know, having a breakthrough with it. So before we dive into our, our kind of fourth level of resistance, I'd love to hear your thoughts on resistance and, and having, uh, like reducing it in schools. It's fascinating because I used to think resistant teachers were a certain population or certain type, but it's actually a state of mind and it can happen to each and every one of us. And we can all be resistant and we can also stop being resistant and go back to being resistant. It is a flow. And when you can catch yourself going into that position where you're blocking whatever is trying to happen from occurring, you realize you're resisting for some reason. And the older and wiser we get, we we can recognize, why am I being resistant? Why don't I want to do this thing? And you can navigate your way through it. But sometimes there's teachers who don't even realize they're being resistant. And our goal as coaches is to help everyone find the potential within themselves and for it to come to fruition. So just a reminder to us all, resistance is a state of mind. You can go in and out of it at any point in time. We have to recognize it for what it is, get to the root of it, uh, have ownership in the process of working through it, and then really connect it to a higher purpose so that we feel it's worthwhile to continue working. I love, love, love that you set that context. And that is absolutely my context for for resistance. And once in a while I slip up, but I'm very, very conscious of my language. And I say things like teachers experiencing resistance. Mm. And I try very hard not to say resistant teachers Mm -hmm. because the moment that we label someone something, it's, it's making them a fixed way. You are that way. Right. And like you're saying, it's not a a person. It's not a type of person. So, all right, moving into our fourth level of resistance. Uh, We are working off of Dr. Anthony Muhammad's four levels of resistance and just a brief overview. If you have not been listening to the first three in the series, level one resistance is a teacher that does not understand why the change is happening. Level two resistance is a teacher that does not trust the decision maker. Level three resistance is um, a teacher that does not think it's worth the risk to make the change due to um, maybe lack of skill or insecurity about that skill. All right. And level four resistance is when an educator identifies as a resistor. Um, the, the, the thing I want to say about this is, um, to folks listening, do not skip to this, <laughs> um, level. Do not assume someone is this level of resistance without really going through the first three levels. It is actually highly unlikely an educator identifies as a resistor, but if they do, what is appropriate is holding them accountable and to go through steps to do that. Once again, we do not want our first step 
to be <laughs> holding teachers accountable when we are addressing the resistance. We want um, we want to go through the first three levels and the things um, to address those first three levels before holding teachers accountable. Okay, I feel very strongly about this, so I needed to have that <laughs> in the space. But here we are. We've reached accountability. And Gretchen, I would love to hear from you. What are some strategies or thoughts you have about holding teachers accountable? Well, I used to think accountability was a piece of paper. Like when we had mentorship meetings, it was like, we met and we talked about this and we checked it off and we both signed it. And it was like, great, that's accountability. That's compliance. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. We want to ensure that these resistant teachers can move through that feeling of resistance to get back to who they truly are, which is passionate educators. Mm-hmm. And and the way to do that is one, you got to build relationships with these folks and, and truly get to know who are you as a person, as a human being, and then who are you professionally? What is your X factor? What makes you great at what you do? And in those conversations, you're going to see them light up and you're like, whoa, who is this person? Like, mm-hmm. I have not seen this mm-hmm. because there's usually this dark cloud coming over them. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's they don't feel valued or heard, or they just feel like they're being molded into something they're not. And so when you give them the opportunity to dream what it is they want to become and to share what they've always wanted to do and how they want to contribute to the field of education, you start to see a different side. And only then can you light the fire to bring that out and say, okay, awesome. How do we actually make that happen? What is a goal you have for yourself? Let's move back and make milestones leading up to that so we can celebrate when you're on the right path. And by the way, you're in the driver's seat. You have full choice. And if we turn right or we turn left or we go backwards, you have a voice in how we partner together. And I am just here to show up and say, hey, let's keep working. You got Mm -hmm. this. I am not going to do the work for you. I'm not going to force you to work. I'm not going to make you sign a sheet saying you did or you didn't meet the threshold. Accountability is consistency and moving towards your goal. And that's what coaches do to best help teachers move through that feeling of resistance. A hundred percent. Yes. And there's a kind of accountability that coaches can um, have with teachers. And a lot of it is what you said, right? It's meeting with teachers, getting to the heart of why they teach, what lights them up, right? And framing the conversation around that, right? And that is very much in the, the coach's realm. And I do want to say that that takes listening skills, right? To be able to hear what's important to them. Very often people are not going to say, hi, you know, I'm Becca and what's important to me is... <laughs> Right, it doesn't happen, right? So, as a coach, we want to be hearing what I call between the words, (laughs) what they're not saying, but it's like really laced in there to be able to, like you say, like speak to what lights them up, and then be able to move forward. And that is in the realm of of coach, right? Absolutely. And then then there's like a different kind of accountability when a coach has tried that. I I was working with a coach last night that she's like, when I, when I talk to the teacher about things outside of school, they light up and we're so connected. And then I move into Mm -hmm. like the thing, thing, like what we actually have to work on within school and she shuts down and we'll talk about (laughs) it. Right. So, so there's that dynamic too. And and sometimes, right, and it doesn't happen often, I want to say this, but when it does and, and a teacher is just unwilling, you, you know, you go through all of those steps and they're still unwilling to change a school leader, someone with positional power, 
Mm -hmm. uh, may need to step in and say something and actually hold them accountable to taking a different action. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Implementing some steps and having a good attitude and being willing, because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. they shut down and they're like so far gone and you're like holding on by a thread. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we got to recalibrate. We got to get you focused on something else. Cause right now all you see is people forcing you to do something you don't want to do and it's not going to work. Um, but you can't do that anything unless you know the person mm-hmm. because they're not going to open up to you unless mm-hmm. they feel like that you validated what they're feeling and that mm-hmm. you see talent in them, that you know, they're successful and that you praise them for being unique and having their own X factor and that you're willing to just show up and help, whether it's, you know, allow you to cry on their shoulder or give them a high five or just check in on you. You know, one of the important aspects of holding someone accountable is assessing whether it is a skill issue or a will issue, Mm -hmm. right? You sit down with the teacher, you know, you talk about what the expectation is, right? The things that you're looking for, maybe the goal that was set, something like that, right? And you're listening for what's missing. Is this, do they actually genuinely not know how to do it and they're covering up with resistance or are they literally just, are they unmotivated to make a change, right? Yeah. So my question for you is how do you um, manage that, that conversation? Well, first, when you get them talking to understand what's going on, that's when you can determine they just don't know it. And it's mm-hmm. a skill thing. And praise God, because I can work with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. easy to help you fill the gap of what you don't know. And sometimes they think they're doing something and it's actually not translating. And so allowing them to know this is what it should look like. This is what it should feel like, you know, making it much more tangible allows them to see, oh, I'm actually not doing that, even though I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And you can easily build up that skill. And so when it comes to will, it's a matter of digging deeper to find out what what is the true issue? Because we could talk about all these things all day long of what makes you upset, but at the bottom and at the root of it all is you feel inferior or you feel that someone's telling you you're not capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how you interpret the information you're getting, you actually have control over that. You have control over to feel like I'm not good enough. Well, do you think you're not good enough? No, I know I'm not. I know I'm good enough. Well, then act like it. And, mm-hmm. and allow your behavior and your choices and how you show up to teach every day prove that you are capable. And then maybe some of the stresses will back up. But it takes a lot of co- a confidence to be honest with yourself. And it takes a lot of time to dig deeper. And what I've learned in working with teachers is sometimes it's like a therapy session because... Mm-hmm. We're people and we have emotions and sometimes those get in the way of us making rational decisions. And until we take the time to really pull back the curtain and share our own stories or give examples um, or really just be a listening ear, are we able to figure out is it skill or is it will? But the point is, no one is going to ever escape those feelings of resistance, they come, they come not just in education, they come in diet, they come in exercise, they come in uh, the size of your family, or they come in where you want to live, like resistance is everywhere. And it's going to happen to you. And the more you notice it in yourself makes it easier for you to help someone else notice it in themselves. And then how you work through it is a good example for them to hear how hard it actually is, um, how conscious you have to be of those things, and then how you hold them accountable to move through it and get to the other side and sure that they can then pass it on and help someone else. Um, 
And so I just hope that everyone is listening realizes accountability is a blessing. It allows you to move forward into a greater version of yourself and it makes sure you stay on the path. It's just, it's about consistency that no one's going to let you slip and fall into something less than your best. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, us coaches are working towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that you uh, kind of reframed um, accountability. One of the things that Dr. Anthony Muhammad says is that the, the first step to actually holding someone accountable is you have to weigh the costs of not holding them accountable. Right. And these are for the hard conversations, the ones we don't want to have, right? And and I, I, th- I thought that was brilliant. It's kind of like, look, let's actually address our own resistance to holding someone accountable first, okay? Yeah. And, and it, it's I call this payoff versus cost. Essentially, when we have unhealthy behaviors or unproductive behaviors, um, most of the time it's because the payoff is greater than the cost. That is a mm-hmm. whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love that. Like, you know, if, if for, if for in this, in this conversation, the payoff, co- the payoff and cost example would be if I was a coach or leader and I've been avoiding, um, giving some, holding someone accountable, right. The payoff has been greater than the cost. And whatever the payoff is for me, that might be um, being nice to them and them liking me, mm-hmm. right? Or avoiding conflict. So, or, or just even avoiding the consequences, like they might have a temper tantrum. We don't know, right? <laughs> Having to deal with what it would look like on the other side of holding them accountable. And, you know, that leads me into another thing that I think is a really important first step before we even talk to the teacher addressing like to have the accountability conversation. And that is for coaches and leaders to do the work, to be self-aware about your own interpretations and narratives about that teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we go into a conversation um, with my opinions about their behavior or my shoulds about their, they shouldn't be doing that. right? Right. And, and judgments about it, it makes a conversation really murky and far less effective. And mm. it's, it's just not clean, right? If a leader or coach goes into the conversation and it's opinions about the behaviors, right? right? Or my stories about the, the behavior, <laughs> right. it gets, it, it, it just can't be an effective um, accountability conversation because yep. then it, it can feel and be personal. Yeah. Right? And that's just not, that's not how we want our schools to be run. No, absolutely not. We got to be clear. We have to be brief because it's not about us and what we're trying to tell them. Mm -hmm. It's about them processing the information, critically thinking about what do I want to do with this information? So we're clear, we're to the point, and then we allow them to go through the process of now, what do we want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And and I do want to say this other thing um, Dr. Anthony Muhammad does say um, in the end of his own kind of framework for uh, holding teachers accountable, he does say there does need to be follow up, like monitoring, like mm-hmm. an agreement, like, okay, by when, I think these are actually two really powerful wor- words, by when something will happen. Mm-hmm. And then when the monitoring will happen. Like when leadership will check in, right? Will Mm -hmm. it be a a progress monitoring or will it be more of a, yeah, an outcome? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And um, he also says that if there is a lack of will, 
that leadership does need to be very clear that the desired behavior is an expectation and not a request. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is again, after all the things that you said, right? And all addressing thoroughly all of the different other levels of resistance, right? And, and it's like the leadership team's like, listen, we have done our very best <laughs> to meet these other needs and there's still not a change in behavior um, mm-hmm. that, that there does need to be this clean, clear conversation. Yeah. And, and the time frame is important of like, mm-hmm. here's the gap and you've got this amount of time to figure it out and mm-hmm. we're going to monitor along the way. And then if it's not where it needs to be, um, mm-hmm. we're going to look at a different alternate route. And that's not always a bad thing because the part of being a journey as an educator is finding out uh, what does this mean for you? Like maybe the classroom's not the right setting for you, but maybe you have a passion of something else. So don't ever take it as like, I'm never meant to teach again. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just there are so many other factors, but most teachers can, when receiving the right help, can push through resistance because of accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and a really important foundation of a relationship. Right. <laughs> I would say, do not pass go, do not collect $200, do not hold anyone accountable until you have trust and a relationship as a foundation. Yep. <laughs> you got to know and, your people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to not take their undesirable behaviors personally. Oh God, that's so hard. <laughs> it is. So You're this welcome. has been such a great conversation. Thank you. Um, yeah. I feel I've learned from you. Like this is just, um, it's wonderful to talk with you and kind of go along this journey with you. Um, and I will see you next week at Coach Fest. Yay, I cannot wait to see you next week. Yes, yes. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. If you are interested in diving deeper into the work to authentically impact resistance at your school, check out the Whole Educator Foundation's self-paced curriculum. We know you are super busy, so we created mini modules to fit in your PD throughout your week. Here's the deal. Listening to this resistance series will give you some pretty useful information to think about, but it won't take you very far without the skills to take focused and intentional action to meet each resistance level's needs and make a high level of impact. The whole Educator Foundation's curriculum will take you there to creating lasting change with your educators. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.